Many B2B SaaS companies that have broad feature sets position themselves as all-in-one solutions for their customers. Now on the surface, this might seem like the right approach because there are many acute problems that you can solve for customers. But more often than not, all-in-one positioning hinders rather than benefits the appeal of your product. That's because it creates three significant obstacles that are hard to overcome. Firstly, switching risks. Anytime a business switches SaaS products, there's a cost in time and effort to learn the new solution and adapt it to their workflow. This can be difficult enough when your product replaces a single solution, but all-in-one positioning implies that it can replace several and often many tools in a business's tech stack. This compounds the switching risk for companies and often leads to resistance from internal stakeholders who are happy using the tools that they already know. Number two, it's not problem focused. The reality is that most B2B SaaS buyers look to purchase specific tools to solve specific problems. They generally aren't looking for a holistic piece of software that helps run their entire business. And three, there's vague differentiation there. All-in-one positioning doesn't provide your prospects with any understanding of what makes your product unique or better than your competition. Now, as a result of these challenges, B2B SaaS companies that use all-in-one positioning suffer consequences that impact their bottom line, such as failing to gain market share, confusing prospects who visit their website, attracting poor quality leads, falling flat in their marketing, and not all, but many companies that go this route actually struggle to stay in business. They never realize that their positioning is the underlying issue that leads to these downstream problems. Now in this episode, we'll explain why specific pain point focus positioning is much more effective as an approach. And then we'll cover how to use our SaaS positioning canvas to discover pain points to feature in your positioning. And we'll look at an example of how one of our recent clients used pain point positioning to transition away from all-in-one positioning. I'm Mark Thomas, I'm the head of growth at Powered by Search. And today I'm gonna talk you through some of the best knowledge that we have on building B2B SaaS businesses. Now, if any of this is interesting to you and you wanna read more, you should go to our website, it's poweredbysearch.com and check us out there. Make no mistake, we're not saying that you shouldn't build all-in-one software. You definitely can. But what we are saying is that all-in-one positioning often leads to friction and resistance when it comes to marketing and selling your product. Now, there are exceptions. For example, some companies, like Notion, manage to make all-in-one positioning work, and they do that really clearly, but most don't. Instead of all-in-one, you should narrow down your positioning to communicate the biggest pain point that you solve for customers, and then use that to differentiate yourself, grab the interest of prospects, and get your foot in the door. Once you've earned their trust, and solved one painful problem for them, you can begin to educate them on the other problems that you can solve. Show them how your other features solve those problems and upsell them to expand product usage over time. Now, a great example of a company that positions itself this way is a link shortening company called short.io. Their feature set is really full. They've got branded links, custom domains, teammates with roles, referrer hiding, UTM builder. There's a lot there, right? Now, they could easily have chosen to position themselves as an all-in-one solution for URL, link management, and channel analytics. But instead, they chose to use focused pain point positioning with a clear message aligned to that positioning. You can see their messaging on their homepage reads, shorten links using your own domain. Now, most link shortening services don't let users use their own branded URL in the shortened links. As a result, it's difficult for users to establish trust with potential customers who only see a generic link on the front end. 
Now, by narrowing their positioning, they're able to avoid the common pitfalls of the all-in-one approach, like switching risks. Short.io isn't trying to convince prospects to choose their product based on a broad set of features. Instead, prospects are asked to decide based on a single feature that addresses a crucial pain point. And because their positioning is problem-focused, it's more aligned with the way that B2B SaaS buyers make purchasing decisions. Remember, they buy to solve a specific problem with a specific tool. Now in this context, that problem is the inability to establish trust with potential customers due to generic shortened links. Finally, short.io's pain point-centered positioning differentiates itself from the competition. Other link shortening services don't usually enable users to use their own domain when creating custom links right out of the box. But short.io's promise is to enable users to shorten their own links with branded URLs. Through this simple decision to go narrow rather than wide, short.io can overcome the obstacles that companies using all-in-one positioning typically face. Now let's say you want to follow suit and use pain point positioning for your own company. How do you figure out which pain points to focus on? Well, there's a methodical approach that we use with all of our clients that you can use yourself. We'll be right back after this. Picture this, you're the person who drove the idea of a business model that was one of the main reasons that HubSpot pulled off such a good IPO. And then you join a startup that has a few thousand dollars MRR, not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, just thousands. Find out more about why Pete Caputa made that big career move and how he grew Databox from a few thousand MRR to hundreds of thousands. That's episode two of Inflection Point, available wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the show. Now we've created a tool that helps you clarify the biggest pain points you solve for customers and implement that into your positioning. We call it the SaaS Positioning Canvas. There's a long article on how to use the SaaS Positioning Canvas on our website, which I fully recommend that you go and read. I'll put the link into the show notes, but we're going to work through an example of how to use it here. So the Canvas provides a seven-step process for defining what makes your product different in the context of problems that you solve for your target audience. Now, if you want to redefine your positioning, you can use this Canvas to figure out which pain points to focus on. We recently did this exercise with a client who had been using all-in-one positioning. Now, they provide professional services management software, and they'd gone all-in-one because they offer a wide feature set for centralizing the majority of business operations, and also... It's because it's what every competitor in their market has done. But by working through the canvas together, we discovered that the pain point that their customers actually have is that running a professional services firm, like an accountancy, for example, is chaotic. All the spreadsheets, client communication, billing, and document management happen with disparate systems. And business is difficult to manage and scale as a result. So to demonstrate how this works, here's a summary of the points that they identified in the canvas and the new pain point positioning that they decided on with us. Step one, in the first phase of the canvas, your goal is to find out what's missing in your prospect's current process or tool set. This boils down to deciphering what your ideal customer's fears, frustrations, wants, and aspirations are. Next, you determine the cost of not fixing the problem your customers currently face. And then finally, to build upon that tension, you combine the cost of not fixing the problem with an explanation of why it's been so difficult to solve. So let's take our client as an example. What's missing in their customer's current process or tool set? Well, things like client communication and the workflow around critical tasks like invoicing, coordinating, account management, and onboarding clients is inefficient. They're struggling to manage the mess of their current process, and they're using a lot of tools, some not purpose-built, 
and they lack consistency of process and clarity of their data. Then we'd ask how much is not fixing the problem costing them? There were two customers here. So for directors, current systems are creating busy work and that means that they can't take on additional work without adding more staff, which stagnates the growth in their firm ultimately. And then the other customer type is the office manager. So they are currently focused on the management of their systems, so they can't focus on the management of the firm. That is a big impact on the quality of life and employee happiness. They're actually run ragged by tasks that don't really move the needle at all. They're just doing paperwork all the time. And then we ask why they couldn't fix it themselves. So the decision maker might be set in their ways with a mindset of like, why do we need another tool when we've got all of these other systems in place? And the office manager is so busy with managing their current systems and that ultimately they need the director support to make decisions that are fundamental to the firm. Like for example, moving all of their data into one place and replacing, you know, air quotes here, systems that have always worked. Okay, so together, these three objectives help them specify and define the problems their prospects want to solve. And that clarified their own understanding. It allows them to communicate that they understand those desires in a way that resonates more with prospects. Step two, we talk about the promise. Now, in order to create differentiation in your positioning, you first need to understand the promises your competitors are making to the market and the way that they're positioning themselves. So step two of our canvas involves looking at your top five competitors and listing the promises that they're making to prospects. Now, when our client did this, they found that their competitors are all making the same basic promises. We make work easier so you can profit. We make you efficient so you can profit. We hold data securely, all in one. We're beautiful, elegant, kind of that thing. And in some cases, they also said we're cheap. Now with these in mind, they had a reference for ensuring that the positioning that they chose was different from their competitors. And that's when we move on to step three, which is the premise. As they first encounter your product, prospects will likely be skeptical about the claims that you make. To counter this, it's best to make claims that they already accept or believe. Your goal in step three is to come up with a statement that your customers would nod their heads and agree with as soon as they've heard it. The right premise will help you build connections with your prospects right away. In the case of our client, they determine premises for their two main buyer persona. Number one is the decision maker. They're a director in the firm. And they'll say things like, managing a firm is chaotic. There's too much work, too little time. The business would be amazing except for the clients and we can't live with them, but we can't live without them. Second profile is the influencer or the office manager in this case. Now managing directors are love hate. So they're bossy, they're pushy, they're egotistical, stubborn, but we kind of love them for it. So how can you find the right claim to make in your positioning? Well, one way is to imagine yourself walking into a party full of potential customers. To blend in, ask yourself, what is the joke that you could tell that they would all laugh at because it's a shared belief about their industry? The answer to that question will often help you unlock this part of your positioning. Step four is difference chunking. It's a funny name, but it works. You and your competitors may deliver the same results for customers, but how you get there is probably different. So step four in our process calls for you to articulate those differences. It's useful to look at the following categories of differentiator. Strategy. In what ways do you strategize differently to your competitors? Structure. How does the structure of your business relate to how effective your product is? Systems. How do your systems allow you to create a better product or service that delivers on the promise being made to the customer? Shared values. What values do you share with your customers and how do they affect how you deliver your product? And style. 
How does your unique style of delivering your products or solutions affect the customer experience in reaching the aha moment? When our client arrived at this step of the exercise, they pinpointed their differentiators were in strategy and systems. So they said something like, our competitors promise an all-in-one solution, but actually they mean they'll allow you to integrate a lot of different data sources into one place. Our system's different in that we build everything natively. This means that the workflow is more robust and less pernickety to use for our customers. And moving on, step five, is about market intimacy. That's about establishing your authority and expertise of your industry to your prospects. Now in doing so, your positioning will demonstrate that you understand the challenges they face. That'll lead them to trust you and have a product that serves them. To establish your authority and expertise, acknowledge the common mistakes that most customers make before they turn to your product. Also think about the results that you deliver to speak to speed, certainty, and insight, which are all primary reasons why companies invest in a new product. Here's what our client came up with for this phase in the canvas. We've helped them grow their businesses by bringing all of their processes together. We've enabled them to have success within their firm by helping them to manage their workload and work-life balance for more efficiency. And we've effectively become an operating system for them that has replaced their chaotic filing cabinet systems. And look, a simple list like this is enough here. Because from here, you move on to crafting your positioning statement. Step six is the positioning statement. The next step is about framing your mission in relation to the list of mistakes that you noted in the previous step. You'll do this by completing the statement, that's why we. This should be no longer than two to three sentences. And you use the previous steps to sum up what your product does and how it differs from the competitors in brief terms. Our client crafted the following positioning statement. That's why we focus on bringing calm to small to medium accountancy firms by providing a tool to replace the inefficient and disparate systems that prevent directors from doing clients, financial work, and office managers from getting bogged down with chasing paperwork. Quick side note here. Now, a lot of people try to get into copywriting mode. They'll try to imagine what the headline on their homepage will read. This is actually a real mistake for two reasons. Firstly, sorry to tell you this, but most people aren't as good at copywriting as they think they are. They actually miss out on key pain points and ideas that differentiate their positioning because they're trying to fit everything into a single catchy sentence. And number two, they get hung up on arguing about terminology. Time and time again, we've watched teams say, I don't like this word, or would our customers know what that means? And look, while there's a time and a place for that, this positioning statement is internal. It's to help you all pull together and move on to strategic messaging later. Your clients won't see it, and no one is stuck like glue to the specifics of this. It's the general sentiment that matters. Step seven, the alternative. Now the last step of the SaaS positioning canvas calls for you to describe the cost of doing nothing at all. Explain what your prospect stands to lose over the long haul by not buying your product. The answer in this step is similar to the assumptions that you made in step one. The difference though, is demonstrating how the cost of doing nothing compounds the problems they face today, as well as months and years into the future. The alternative our client came up with was the following. Managing directors risk stagnated growth because office managers can't manage more clients. Office managers suffer too because directors need to ask them a lot of questions about their work because the answers will remain in spreadsheets that only the office manager can locate. 
Now, acknowledging and stating this potential consequence is enough to move their prospects closer to purchase. Through completing their canvas, our client condensed their discoveries into the following pain point position. We provide you a platform to help tame the chaos of running a professional services firm, helping you create a calm, productive workflow so that you can grow your firm. Now, if you want to use the SaaS position in Canvas, and I recommend you do, you can actually go to the accompanying blog post, and there's a link to a Google Doc, which you can use and you can replicate for yourself. You don't need to put in an email address, it's just there for you to use. Okay, let's bring this all together here. Now, after filling out your own SaaS position in Canvas, Go back and review your list of prospect desires from step one. Also, revisit the ideas that you listed in the box on difference chunking in step four. Use what you came up with in those sections to brainstorm ideas for new positioning based on specific pain points and differentiators. Once you've identified a handful of options, craft a few versions of your homepage headline that convey your new positioning. Then test what you've drafted. Now there's a few options to do this, and they include things like setting up landing pages and running A-B tests with Google Optimize. Only if you've got enough traffic though, you need a significant amount. You could run focus groups composed of ideal or existing customers, which is often what we recommend people who are maybe just getting started out. And then if you've got a bit of budget, you can use a service like Winter, which provides message testing specifically for B2B companies. Commit to the positioning that resonates most with your customers based on the results of those tests. By positioning based on pain points, you'll guarantee that your product isn't competing to displace one or more existing tools that your products already love. You'll also find a stronger product market fit, leading you to draw in better prospects and leads. And it'll help you stand out from other B2B SaaS products that have committed to the vague promise of all-in-one positioning. Now, it might seem counterintuitive, but by getting specific, you'll get more of the right customers in the long run. I'll see you next time. So if you enjoyed that today and you want to do something about your B2B SaaS marketing, you should get in touch with us. You can do that by going to poweredbysearch.com and checking out our work with us page, or you can browse the case studies and blogs that we have on the site. Now, if you're not ready to do that, definitely say hi anyway. You can ping me on Twitter. I'm at I am Mark Thomas. That's Mark with a C. Or you can ping our founder and CEO, Dev Basu, D-E-V-B-A-S-U. Connect with us there. Looking forward to seeing you again for another episode.